Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. We are live. <laughs> this is uh this is quite quite an awesome crew we have here hey um i'm rj this is hf pod but but more importantly this is the this is the collaboration that everyone's been waiting months for not tab and goose but the collaboration between hf pod always almost there and the great beyond and we have representatives from all three shows here today um i guess i'll, I'll just quickly introduce everybody ryan storm say hi ryan hi. Hello, Brian Jive Goose. Thank you Howdy. for all you do. Welcome from Colorado, Neil, who is in Boston and doesn't like his Twitter handle, but <laughs> you guys know him as Majestic Hosewood. And then, of course, Greg Knight from the Great Beyond and lots of other things. Hi, Greg. Hey, hey, Bruce is here too, right, Bruce? There he is. <laughs> hey, Bruce. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. <laughs> Uh, this is awesome awesome already uh we've been planning this for a long time just so just so everyone knows we're going to be doing this after every tab goose show and uh thanks brian and and great beyond and uh, thanks all you guys for being willing to to collaborate um because this is fun um all right so guys you actually three of you were there last night uh brian and i were, were at home so i'll I just want to ask you guys what it was like kind of getting getting ready to go into the show and and all that and uh anything anything pre-show that you want to share we got um we we my, my intent was to get uh peter side seats as close as possible so i could get a good view of that new vintage vibe stereo console which if anybody noticed that's like the big blocky amp thing that the vintage vibe is sitting on now um very exciting addition to peter's rig uh for me but i, I was very happy um with uh my seats i was with uh my family as well as uh d from always almost there uh it was my first time meeting him in real life which was very exciting he unfortunately is at the airport right now and is unable to join us for this recap but i believe he will be joining us on saturday um but it was really really cool the vibe was great pre-show uh d ran into jeff on the floor who was just kind of walking around incognito as he tends to do um so you know it was funny to say hi we were just right behind rich and june atkin uh shout out to them for being awesome uh introduced my mother they had a nice you know jewish parent moment but uh it was just a lot of excitement pre-show yeah i i will agree uh the rail fam was out in full force uh, we actually stopped by the venue early on, probably around one o'clock. Um, Rick forgot a pedal, so we picked it up and brought it to him. <laughs> um, you know, the show had to happen, so we, you know, essentially saved the day. But uh, it was it was cool to see everybody out, you know, at one p.m. Um, and then, of course, you know, the standard poster flippers were out too, um, kind of sitting outside. So you know, the vibe was strong. People ready to profit left and right. Uh, <laughs> but the energy was tangible. Uh, you know, I think prior to the start of the show um you could hear like the reluctant goose chant happening you know the the, the the clear fish fans kind of doing it for the first time um i love it i feel like it's a win uh but it was it was super cool it was super cool um and really like just how convenient to have rick and Trey on one stage right Saves us so much time <laughs> yeah and portland was uh is an awesome place to see a show uh everybody should check it out if they get a chance uh, i was in a hotel right across the street from the venue i was had dinner at an awesome restaurant right before the show and then just very smoothly walked into the show to the floor it was like maybe three minutes to get in and, and it was great amazing i mean the 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 city itself is great and it's like what an awesome place to to kick it off um so let's talk about this goose set i mean the mm -hmm. I, I was thinking earlier when i started i watched it all this morning not last night but um i think like the turbulence and atlas dogs those two songs to start are those really that was a great one too to to start it off i feel like those songs are both 
approachable and kind of, you know, they like can, it, assuming that part of the audience has never seen or heard Goose, at yeah. least some people, it's like a good intro. Um, and um, I guess, oh, sorry, I just saw this comment. Um, apparently it was 97 degrees inside, which is. I think it was, I, I heard I stories of. I heard stories of like fish in 2016 that it was like a sauna in there. It, yeah. it was, it was fine last night. Um, you know, Brian and Neil at least know that I, I'm a big shorts at the show guy. Um, unfortunately I was not able to wear shorts last night because of how cold it was outside. Um, but I, I was still, it, it was still, it was still comfortable. So I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow though, where it's going to be like 20 degrees Celsius here. So I will be in shorts for Lowell and Mohegan. All right. I have no idea what that means. Twenty degrees Celsius. Yeah, warm. No, no one does. He does this to us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> How many meters back were you, Ryan, for when the show started? That's all I want to know. Um, what What do you guys think? Actually, Brian, just because we haven't heard from you yet, I know you you do so much uh, keeping us informed. I always check your Twitter feed when I want to know what Goose is doing if I'm not at the show. So thank you for all that. Um, what What do you think of the opener and and the first few sets of that songs of the set? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. RJ, uh, you're welcome for for everything, uh, and thanks for thanks for having us on. This is uh, this is gonna be really fun. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and I used to live in Portland, by the way. So I'll just quickly echo what everyone has already said. It's such a great city. I really wish I could have made this show, but um, alas. So yeah, you know, it's funny because heading into the show, you know, I was thinking a little bit about you know what strategically what they might you know, put out there for this crowd. Uh, Cause you know, like you said, obviously you gotta be a fair amount of people in that arena. Who's who aren't familiar with the music. Um, so when they opened up with turbulence, I, I immediately was like, Oh yeah. I mean, great choice, such a great choice. Um, and it's funny because when we talk about that song in, in, in various chat groups, everyone either says it reminds them of Billy Joel, uh, which, which I totally hear. Uh, or that it reminds them of fish, uh, which I also totally hear. And so, yeah, I thought that was a really good song to to open up with because it's uh, it's it's upbeat. It has a lot of energy. They've been just absolutely crushing this song. Uh, you know, whenever we review a show with with turbulence, it, it always ends up being kind of a talking point of how hot it was. We talk a lot about kind of our preferred song placement, and this is one where we're always saying, "Yeah, I mean." open the set with it, close open the set with shit. it. You know, it's, it's, it just has power. Um, so yeah. And they crushed it. You know, I mean, I, I was immediately thinking that Rick especially just sounded great. Um, you know, I was making a joke that, you know, he's clearly been, been putting in 10 hours a day, um, you know, on this, on this off time, but uh, yeah, crushed it. And then um, yeah, I'll, I also noticed a nice little, I don't know, Ryan, if you notice this, but just at the very end of the outro, Peter just with a nice gentle little final Twinkle, few notes on the piano and it will. sounded really, really cool. I, I hope, I hope that intentional or not, you know, I hope that that's something that they continue to do because I thought just, just a nice little touch at the very end. Uh, but yeah, I, fantastic opener choice. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Mm -hmm. um, can I wholeheartedly disagree? Oh, <laughs> um, I, so I know. If I know you Bruce dare. has opinions on the beginning of this set, but yeah. I didn't really hear yours last night. Yeah, Bruce is disgusted. Uh, no, I, <laughs> so I think, like, obviously, so proud of the guys, so proud that they are here doing their thing with Trey on a massive stage and performing the way that they are. Um, as someone who's been seeing Turbulence in the Night Race since the Pseudo days, I love the song, and I, I, I like Billy Joel... If you want to join the show, you know, I like Billy Joel <laughs> as much as, as I like fish. Uh, but, you know, my, my thing is, I think coming out of the gates with a tour like this, there's a lot of people in the audience who are excited to see Trey, who have never seen Goose before, um, who maybe recognize that Arcadia song, perhaps Slow Ready for the, for the dance moves on stage, mm -hmm. um, and a couple others, you know, loosely sprinkled in. Uh, Obviously, these guys are playing their music that speaks to them, that speaks to us. This is why we're podcasting. However, I do think that there's some merit to not necessarily coming out swinging with an Arcadia with horns. However, setting yourself up for success uh, with something you know really well, like a Type 1 jam vehicle like Atlas. 
I think it allows you to like really loosen up, um, do what you know well, and really get the crowd on your side. And I think the turbulence was excellent, but I do think that folks were kind of like, oh, I don't actually know what this song is. And Ryan, you probably know how many times they've Goose has played it live. It's not exactly wildly like, accessible on Nux, right? So it's not Nine times. familiar. Um, right. And so in a lot of shows. So, you know, I and, and like great start. I also think the guys are busy right now, so they're not listening, which is why I'm being so transparent here. Uh, but I do, you know, I think like right out of the gates, in my opinion, and maybe this is just because I, I used to go to a lot of hip hop concerts, but like you want to grab the crowd immediately. And uh, and I feel like the, the music was excellent, but I think there was a little bit of a question mark. And because of that, the engines didn't really start revving until Interesting. Interesting. Cause so, I mean, I just Personally, did a, a quick little, quick little, check on uh, august.net and turbulence has been played nine times since it was debuted 39 shows ago so i think that's still like a fairly decent amount it, it's accessible if you look through this summer's and this fall's shows and i i think you know your point about them opening with a hit like maybe born or hunger side or slow ready etc um i feel like opening with turbulence is actually a better move because you go with a song that people aren't expecting you know that's like you know fish going and you know they're in this situation and they're going to open with farmhouse because it's their most streamed song on spotify like that that's not always <laughs> i wouldn't make that i wouldn't make that suggestion no definitely not correct it, it's not <laughs> yeah. always the right move to go with it and i i think goose really executed you know the pre-tray portion of this set incredibly well you know in terms of a this is the first night of the tour we're going to appeal to the fish fans that are watching on the webcast we're going to appeal to the fish fans that are in the audience you know, the people that are not 100% sold, if you will. Um, and so I, th I think these first five or six songs, like, you know, you get Turbulence, you get Atlas Dogs. Again, RJ mentioned both of these are fantastic songs, showcases, you know, the band's songwriting, a couple of, you know, more unique vibes, at least, you know, everyone in the band sounding very precise, very, very fantastic. Um, and then And then we dive into Flea, which then you get like the goofier side of the songwriting, but you, the trade-off there is, oh, here's our first jam of the night. Here's our first piece of extended improv. And they built like, you know, they immediately like, hi, we're Goose. We're really good at tension release builds. Here's 15 minutes of some really phenomenal tension building. And, you know, they deliver in that flea, you know, just peak after peak after peak. Crowds seem to be digging it. Um, but... I, I think the way they started off the set, it was like really, really well. I'm guessing they're going to be taking it a different approach to it as the tour goes on. You know, once they're like, okay, people have been webcasting for three, four nights now. Maybe we don't have to be as, you know, planned or, or like we don't have to be marketing to new fans as much. But I think this was a, an amazing way to start off the tour to a bunch of new people. So that, thanks, Ryan. Um, Neil, what what did, what were your thoughts about the first half of the set, or, or how that? I guess what Greg said that kind of got cooking with Electric Avenue. I got a couple of texts from friends who were there seeing Goose, I think, for the first time and enjoying that, uh, enjoying the Electric Avenue. It seemed like people people were really into into it. Um, what was your take on how that how that yeah. that set unfolded? You know, the, the funny thing is, I, I, I do agree with Greg. Like, I, I think they, they could have come out swinging, and I was, like, expecting them to come out swinging. And when they when they played Turbulence, I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that at all. But I love the tune, so I was really excited about that. Um, the Flea was very good. I was excited about that. Also surprised that they played Flea kind of in their first show on this tour. But the, yeah. the Electric Avenue, which is an insane, what is it, like six times this year they've played Electric six times. Avenue now? Yep. Um, so that one Most was played. Really Really surprising. Like you're going to go out there and you're going to play. How many songs did they play? Eight. In the seven. It was seven. Seven originals and Electric Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. So that surprised me. Out of all the covers they could have played, they played Electric Avenue, which they've been playing like a ton. But they got a really good jam out of this one too. I got pretty pretty into this one. I was excited about it. And the crowd was loving it. Like right. you know, we 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 talk about on on AAT. We talk about covers and you know Electric Avenue is definitely a hot topic. Um, a lot of the time, especially for Mr. Jive Goose over there. Um, but I, I think it was a great pick here. You know, I, at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, like it's Electric Avenue again. 
uh, you know, whatever, but the crowd loved it. And, you know, you're going to play a cover. I think this is a great choice. You know, obviously, personally, I would have rather something like the way it is um, in a slot like that uh, because they also slay that. But, you know, Rick, Rick's voice is so well suited to that song. Um, and I think that definitely may have helped with the, the conversion of some uh, new people. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, and I would say that Electric Avenue is probably more of an arena cover than, yeah. than the way it is maybe as well. But let, let, let me just say, um, you know, yeah, to, to Greg's point and not to, not to continue this, this whole thing, but that's how, kind of how I felt about Atlas Dogs. You know, I, I, I had no problems with Turbulence. Um, what surprised? Yeah, maybe a little bit. If you would have said, hey, what, what are your five? Give me your top five guesses. That mm. probably wouldn't have been in my top five, uh, but I, but I, but I really love it. How many fantasy points did you get last night? I, we're not. No, we can't do that on this podcast. <laughs> no fantasy talk. Um, and uh, and also, I thought we were all here to agree. So I, well, good, <laughs> I'm glad we're getting this out of the way early. It's locker room um, talk, right? But, but yeah, that's <laughs> kind of how I felt about Atlas Dogs. I, w- I was more surprised to to hear that in in, in the two slot. Um, you know. Maybe maybe the the triumphant uh, turbulence ending and then and then right into the composed intro to Flea might have been cool too. But, um, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, I and, I and I agree with all the comments on Flea. I thought it was a really strong, you know, not too long, which I think we probably would have expected uh, that they're going to keep things, you know, somewhat on a on a tight timeline. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good version. It also gave them an opportunity to kind of you know showcase a little bit of their tension and release kind of style um, that that I'm sure much of the crowd is familiar with. And, um, and yeah, I thought, I thought that's kind of, um, you know, I thought the set was kind of moving along quite nicely by the time electric Avenue kicked in, but uh, mm-hmm. nah, not a bad cover choice. We, Ryan says we talk a lot about covers. Yeah. We joke a lot about covers and um, you know, the, the only question for me is, you know, when it comes to songs like electric Avenue, which has been kind of, it's been at the top of the most, most played covers of the year, kind of most of the year um, is why Electric Avenue six times, but you know, you know me and my uncles. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're walking into this territory of these these fan bases merging, uh, and Rob Storm had a good comment about you know Electric Avenue circa 1982, good way to catch catch the crowd's attention. I totally agree. But like, imagine knowing what they could do with like a half step or a, or a me and my uncle, like taking I, that for a walk. I think half steps coming. For sure. Oh, I think so too. I mean, I barely know the band at all. <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> at all. So, I, yeah, no guarantees. Uh, but you know, I, I just think, and I could be overthinking this. I'm really sensitive. Uh, but just out of the gates, like, you know, Trey Trey has nothing to prove here, and Correct. he certainly proved that he can really, really hang. Um, and like, I love, I love all the new stuff. Um, but I just, you know, I think. Imagine if there was a drive one in the first. You, you were looking play. for some. The energy here. would be through the, the roof, you know. And yeah, and, and like, listen. Yeah. Life can't be all bangers. I get it, but <laughs> I think well placed bangers. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> some doors. Greg, do you know? Um, do you have any insight into kind of how they got prepared for this tour? It, just in terms of repertoire, or is it really just like rehearsing a, as any tour? I mean. And I guess that's related to, do you think the song selection and, and rotation will be similar to, to usual? So I think, I think for the most part, it was actually business as usual. Um, there was not as much opportunity of collaborative rehearsal. Um, I think the idea going into this was that there would be more. Um, so that's really, I mean, it's really resulted in like a couple days of tech and rehearsing and making peanut butter and chocolate uh, kind of on the fly. Um, but I think what we're going to, we're going to probably see is the guys are going to be riding high off of what was an excellent fall tour, um, and kind of sitting in, in, in what they've been doing well in that sense or three minute hunger sites. Like they played in LA. That, uh, that's a whole different topic. We'll have to talk about that another time. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still confused about that, but, um, all right. So tumble is a, is a good, another, another 15 minute jam they get into, um, that I, one though. Yeah, I think best non-sit-in jam of the night 
for sure. You know, they they get into that churning theme with the yeah. with the dual guitar um, that we didn't see a ton of uh, during fall tour. So really excited to see kind of they're touching that darkness a little bit again. Hopefully that 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 continues throughout the rest of the tour. But I, I think this tumble uh, definitely lots of re-listen value there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's really good. And I I want to ask you, Brian, um, just based on not being there, like I usually listen to fish tab goose shows on nugs or, or live fish the day after i typically don't watch webcasts just because of the way my life works with kids and stuff but um it's it's sort of i feel like last night like i had to watch it this morning like, i don't think you can listen to the, then there's the thing where you have to like listen to one set on one place and one set on another place yeah. but are you brian are you gonna watch all the shows like will you always watch all the shows and do you think you can kind of capture the or understand the the vibe and and what's happening without watching it. Could you just listen to these two sets on different platforms and kind of like get the same feel as if you were watching the webcast? Uh, so okay. So first question, yeah, I'll probably be watching all of these um, live as they happen. Um, and and you know, I that's just how I like to do it anyway. You know, I, I don't want to miss it. You know, I don't. I, I just I don't want to wait if I don't have to. You know what I mean? I want to know. I want to know what they played, how they played everything. I mean, I just, I just gotta know, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I'll tune in live and yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I, I think for these types of, I think for these types of shows, I think the visual um, does provide more value than maybe if they were, you know, a show in the middle of fall tour somewhere. Um, and I think, I think part of why I say that is, you know, I mean, the, the, just the size of this venue, uh, the size of the stage, the, 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 the light, you know, everything was, was visually, um, you know, a little bit of a, of a, of an enhanced or a different experience than camera work than, too. Yeah. 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 Well, so, that's an interesting point too, because it's, you know, it's the live fish crew doing the, uh, webcasts, you know, we don't have Danny on stage with the moving cam as normal coach, not directing. You've got like, there was like a, a moving robo cam on the side of the stage. You got people with the, the big, professional looking video cameras on their shoulders around. So I, I haven't gone to the, the video yet, but I, I'm excited to see what that looks like, you know, versus what we're used to with goose. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, okay. Well, we, I guess anything else, Brian, on that point before we keep going? No, no, I, I think that sums it up. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody is going to want to watch these if at all possible. Yeah. Yeah, the so Western Sun it was next. That that's top, one of my top top two or three goose songs. But yeah, you know, we we got to get to this the sit in. Um, I was Neil, getting antsy by the time Western yeah. Sun rolled around. I was like, "Where's Trey?" Right. <laughs> yeah, where? Yeah, and you know the so Neil, tell us about the this the sit in. Uh, maybe start with the All I Need, but uh, just tell us about those those two songs from your perspective um well i mean they're incredible right i think this this is the centerpiece of this whole show is these two songs that we're going to talk about now um i think you know brian and ryan can attest to this i i just went insane in group chat i, I lost my mind i, I wasn't expecting yes. trey to come out and do all i need you know for on 20 the first show of the tour <laughs> um so yeah i was ecstatic um uh, and then you know when they followed that incredible jam you know 22 minutes of, of that tune with a pancakes, I also wasn't expecting that. So, I mean, and then there was some really, I mean, and both very, very good playing, but um, there was an awesome amount of, of Trey and Rick listening to each other and playing off of each other in that pancakes. That was just so satisfying. It was great. And it was a really, really short pancakes. I think that might be like the shortest pancake like pancakes they played. Yeah. Without like going into another song, like a standalone pancakes. Very short, but very good. And I'm going to go back and listen to that a ton. But, yeah. oh, man, it was, I mean, it was something else. I was so excited. Yeah. I wouldn't I, say that yet. So, as, just just curious, how does, just off of last night versus Radio City, um, how does the sit-in compare? Because I know you, you were at Radio City and so was Greg. But how, yep, how, yeah. does it, how does it compare being in the audience for both of those sit-ins? Sit you know, how does that stack up? Well, I think audience reaction at Radio City was much, much stronger, obviously, because it was like unexpected, even though somebody gave it away. Um, but I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the crowd reaction wasn't as intense. But I, I think in terms of experiencing the music, 
this music was far better than the music that was played at Radio City, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, the amount they, they practiced together was obvious. Um, just Rick and Trey just sounded even better together in this one. Yeah. They, they got into it a lot faster, too. I mean, it's never going to get old for me to see Trey coming out and playing with Goose. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, you could see Trey on the webcast, at least, just paying really close attention to what Rick was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think in the tab set, when they sat in, Rick was doing the same. Like, just really looking at him yeah um so that you know clearly they're like but then they once they start improvising at one point during the jam like trey's soloing and then he like looks at rick like come on let's let's join back in let's you know like okay. and it, it's it, man so so fun also i think trey is also based on conversations i've had and, and what i've heard like he's a fan of pages since you know and and he likes the effects and you could tell last night that he was really into the he was into the collab. He was into. Oh yeah, he How was like really be? into that. Yeah, Ryan, what what were your uh, what did you think of that? That all I need. So I basically was just you know losing my mind for twenty minutes. Um, I you know it, it immediately exceeded every single one of my expectations. You know, at Radio City for Hunger Site Arcadia, Trey had all of the chord changes taped to his amp in front of him. It was clear. There was very minimal preparation there. This one, you know. From, from what I've seen, he just had a teleprompter for lyrics um, and that, you know, it seemed that he ha- was very well rehearsed on All I Need, uh, knew, knew the riffs and, you know, where to go in the song, which was really cool. You know, I guess he's been spending some time uh, over the fall, like listening to tapes and learning the songs, which, you know, is very, very exciting. And it, it's crazy because, you know, they weren't, you know, Greg, you mentioned that they had very minimal prep time together. Mm-hmm. which is really interesting because they sounded like they've been playing together for so long. Like Rick and Trey, especially, you know, we keep talking about my dad uh, likes to use the word guitar mini um, that kind of like Almond brothers, sound with the dual lead guitars, just absolutely dialed into each other. And Rick and Trey had that all night, which was incredible. And yeah, that, that clav part of the jam when, you know, Trey and Rick are playing off each other like crazy and then trey turns over to uh peter and is like you know on on the wall with that like crunchy tone like kind of trading licks with the clav like it was just it was crazy and they got into that darker jam and peaks and just it was incredible i i you know losing my mind greg were you were you losing your mind i was yeah um no (laughs) you know i think i think watching such an experienced improvisational musician like Trey really navigate a long jam with Goose um, was pretty special. You know, there were really some of those Jedi moments um, where he could, you know, he could drive things in a certain direction that was very subtle. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm an apt musician like Rick or Peter, anyone in Goose really like, and I've been listening to Fish for my whole life, I think you kind of have, kind of have that like, subtle i know where this may go i know may, where trey may, may want to take this and it's got to be pretty cool um i think for trey to be playing with some musicians who kind of understand that and they're not just the other three guys in fish um and so to, to kind of hear things go in a direction that is naturally trey and have peter follow and rick follow um it it didn't sound like it was just kind of classic goose which was which was super cool um my question is like i'm wondering if it will work out, um, if we can get a jam where it's, you know, Rick, Peter, and Trey on guitar. Um, like, is there space for all of them to coexist? Well, yeah, they, they did that at Radio City for Dripfield. Um, right. And, and Dripfield is like a, you know, whole lot of sound. Um, yes. Like, I feel like they can, yeah. Um, but I want, you know. I, wanna... I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Drive. Somebody, I, drive. I forget. I forget who it was. I think it may have been in the in the jam base recap of last night. But some somebody mentioned about you know Trey living out his like dream for a two guitar band, which you know he's talked about a lot. Is like he loves playing in a two guitar band. And I think it's so evident that he loves playing with Rick because you know Rick is a guitarist who understands how to play with another guitarist on stage. You know, not stepping on his toes, giving him space, but also contributing ideas. Like you know they're throwing musical ideas finishing each other's uh sentences like just yeah trey just seemed so happy throughout both amps and just so dialed in and yeah made me very happy yeah i mean and he you know through the sit-ins with 
going back to Neil Young to, you know, Derek Trucks. I mean, he loves playing with Derek Trucks. He loves playing with these guitarists who he knows, like, listen and are great. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's they're clearly, especially in the sit in the, the end of the tab set, it just seemed like everyone was like just having so much fun. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But it just looked like a pure joy from everyone. Um, I noticed so Trey was wearing in ear monitors during the, the sit in, but then he was wearing them for the tab set also. Like he doesn't wear them with fish, and I guess I don't know when that started, but I knew that he he never had until yeah. recently. It was uh, the second time in his, I think, second or third time in his career. Yeah, um, he wore them Mexico twenty twenty. I think is the only mm-hmm. time he's worn them with fish. We had we had uh, the pleasure of of seeing some of the crew after the show, um, and our, our good friend Sam was doing monitors, you know, and he said Trey walked off after his set with a big smile um and said you know we've almost got this figured out which i guess is is positive <laughs> um but yeah it should be interesting i had no idea that trey didn't play with in ears um and it, sh- it should be interesting to kind of hear him enter this world mm-hmm. yeah it um all right so so the tab said you guys have thoughts i mean ryan i know you you've seen tab before right twice yeah Twice, um, Neil. Have you, have you seen Tab? Are you familiar with Tab? Uh, I this that was my first Tab show. I've been seeing yeah. Fish since 1993, but that was my first Tab show. And like my brother was joking before the show, we went together. He was saying like, you know, Trey finally tricked me into going to see Tab, but um, <laughs> I just had never gone out of my way to do it, um, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah, I mean it's it's a different experience. I, I think tab shows are so fun. They're they're like my wife who goes to a lot mm-hmm. of fish shows with me. Also, she loves tab shows. They're it's like it's it's fun. It's easy. It's like you're not going to really get those moments when you're like lost in what's going on. Like if you're if you like songs and you like horns, like it's it's great. And that kind of that's how they started that that set last night, which was which was all sort of you know classic tab. Um, any highlights from you guys before we talk about the the, the sit-ins? Everything's right. Uh, was awesome. You know, Trey uh, had some amazing playing in that. Momo with Desron live blew me away. Um, you know, De- Desron was really kind of what I was zeroed in on. He sounded great from where I was sitting, but yeah, he was just holding down that low end. It was it was awesome. I thought it was great. Um, but I also kind of related to what I was saying about the goose set. I think set your soul free really out of the gates. It was like, okay, this is why Trey is so good at this. You know, like Trey came in and commanded the room um, and the band fires at all cylinders on set your soul free. So mm-hmm. it was a really, really, really strong start. Um, yeah. I mean that, but like, just i think i was similar to ryan like i was kind of just going crazy the whole time um everything's right for sure sand was pretty good too yeah 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 um neil so that was your that what what was your experience like at this uh well so it was interesting for me i had to move uh there was some like aggressive crowd movement going on where i was and uh it became inhospitable Uh. so i had to move back by the soundboard which was interesting. So that was like right around MoMA dance when I did that and got back there and kind of settled in and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was pretty good. That was, well, I lied. I I've seen ghost of the forest before, so it wasn't really like kind of my first, like kind of non, non fish, yeah. um, uh, tray thing, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, a tab show is interesting in so far as you just get a lot of songs, um, and mm-hmm. you know, some jams mixed in and the horns are just amazing. Um, I, you know, I had just seen them when they were at fill in friends with, with Rick and the horns and everything they do is just so impressive. Um, so it, I mean, it was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen, I've seen people, I guess, who don't often see tab, um, on the internet today saying that it, it felt like overproduced, which I just think is funny. I, and I, I hate to do this, but if you listen to our podcast we did with Trey last year, Alive Again, you you kind of like understand where this where this band came from, which is mm-hmm. like Sun Ra and and like the classical training that he did and all the stuff that he has done, you know, leading up to whenever he formed this ninety eight or whatever. Like that's what he was envisioning, right? This like big band, big collaborative band with a lot of moving parts. And 
I just think it's interesting to think of it as overly produced. It's just like it's not super improvisational. I guess that's the point. It's more yeah. structured and a little bit more predictable than a fish show. Yeah, but that that's not that's not the intention of a tab show. Like, you know, Trey, obviously, we know from the, the tour with Fishman last fall um, and from what I've heard uh, that they do at Soundcheck sometimes, you know, they have the capability to go out in these crazy long extended jams if they want to. But I think Trey likes just, you know, going out with Tab, playing songs, having fun, you know, playing some of his other material that he doesn't play with Fish, um, and also taking new spins on Fish songs, which, you know, you, you hear a lot of people complaining that Tab is playing too much Fish now after, you know, after the Beacon Jams and so many of these songs got kind of reworked for that setting. But like, I love the way MoMA sounds in a Tab setting. It's very different than the Fish one too. Like, you know, Russ and uh, Desron approach that groove very differently than Fishman and Mike do. So I feel like it's, it's not really the same song and like, you know, with, with the backing vocalists on it, like it's just, it's a whole different experience. And, you know, you go in and it's just fun. You know, I, I hadn't, I haven't really heard roll like a river um, very much, but I really enjoyed that last night. Um, you know, I, I think I, Watch, watching part of the webcast from uh, Chicago uh, a couple of weeks ago, I really enjoyed, um, you know, some of the newer, the, the Mercy songs, a couple of the ones that he played. So I, I think there's a lot about Tab that's amazing, and you shouldn't be going in expecting a 25-minute everything's right, because that's not what you're going to get. If you go yeah. in expecting to have a lot of fun with a lot of 8- to 12-minute songs, amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're they're executing compositions, precisely. essentially. Um, it's just it, it, they're different. They're different. It's a different kind of composition than what you think of when you think of fish, and you know the composed sections of Reba and that kind of thing. But but that's what a lot of these tab songs are, though, right? They're just they're they're pieces of music with composed sections for various instruments, mm -hmm. and they go out and they execute that. So. Yeah, I agree. And it's always nice. I mean, you, you do generally get, you know, some extended jams with Tab. So you, you kind of do get the best of both worlds, you know? So yeah. yeah, like Matthew said, you know, some people just aren't, uh, aren't always the greatest at this stuff, you know? <laughs> um, I, even like Magilla, one of the stories that Trey told in, in this podcast we did with them about Magilla was taking Magilla and arranging it for Tab and uh, Hart, Jennifer Hartswick told the story about how they'd been up for a few days or at least Trey had and, and, took seven hours to arrange this three minute song for, for the, the tab lineup. So like, you know, he takes this stuff seriously. And, and I think all the arranging basically of all these songs is done by Trey. So like, it's, it's clearly a creative outlet for him, just like writing split open and melt or something, you know, just like it's, it's yeah. another kind of way to, to get creative. And some of these things get rearranged like in between tours, which is just crazy. Like that. I mean, to me, but you know, I'm glad he does it and not me. Mm -hmm. um brian watching at home the wolfman's that's when we we get the sit in um what what was your what was your take on that uh so so yeah it was great I, you know i was i wasn't fully tuned in to to the whole set you know i mean i definitely i had it on but i was you know i was on twitter a lot and i was catching up with some other stuff and um but i was so i was waiting i was waiting to see what was going to happen with with sit-ins uh one of my one of my sources on the floor, um, you know, one of my majestical sources <laughs> was was saying, hey, the guys are right behind me. And this is mid set. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. These guys are these guys are out here in the crowd right behind me. Um, and then a few minutes later, it was like they're gone. They just they just rushed away. Um, so yeah. yeah. So so we so we started to get excited. And uh yeah, yeah, I loved I loved seeing them come out for for something like Wolfman's. Uh, you know, that was that, and just another bunch of questions that we had. You know, what will what will any Goose members play with Tab? Like, what what does that look like? And you know, what are the potential song choices? Um, so Wolfman's, and it makes sense. It's kind of got a nice, nice, easy, straightforward progression that they can just kind of stretch out as long as they want. Uh, so yeah, so very cool to see those guys. The the, the let me just say one more thing about like Trey and Rick. What's so crazy about Trey is watching him, his eye, he's not looking at Rick's hands. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when you see people, uh, you know, playing together on stage, guitar players, especially 
They'll be staring at each other's hands on the fretboard. Trey just stares at Rick's eyes and, and because he just hears everything. You know what I mean? It's talk yeah. about, that, that's like the most Jedi thing talking about Jedi. That, that's the Jedi move right there. I mean, he doesn't need to look at the instrument. He's, he's looking at his eyes and he's probably picking up some, something emotively through the eyes as well, but he's just hearing everything. And the, from hearing it to reacting to it is so fluid and so quick. Uh, you know, it's really impressive. And the fact that it was so impressive going both ways between these two, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously I'm a big goose guy, but it's Rick really is, has, has really impressed with each of these sit-ins with, with Trey. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really blown me away. Just for the record, anybody who may doubt uh, Jive Goose's credibility talking about Trey and Fish, he did the whole winter 1997 European tour. So just just in case there are any 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 doubters out there, we should have had you on for two seventeen ninety seven, Brian. <laughs> Fuck, I had That's signed a contract uh, with Storm Sound when I talked about two seventeen ninety seven on that show. That's so I'm not allowed to talk about the classic, it on, the classic on non compete with Storm Sound. I've heard of it. <laughs> heard about it. Oh, um, what what else, Greg? What about what do you think of that the the sit in? I mean. Yeah, um, I do want to quote Bruce and say that Rick does have beautiful eyes. So I'm sure Trey really did enjoy staring into them. Um, I think Wolfman's was a really strong start, like kind of like you were saying, easy to chew on. Um, but can we talk about Slow Llama? Like that was so awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I so had awesome. like a little bit of a uh, speaking of a kind of a hostile crowd, um, the dude next to me who 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 fell into the row in front of us multiple times. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah. really, he was a, fine. Was it he Bruce? was okay. Um, it was, it was uh, Bruce was on the other side of him. Um, but, uh, you know, he, I think he was saying during, uh, tr- he's, he's Bruce's lawyer, right? Yeah. Um, so he was saying during, during Trey's set, like, if they play Llama, my shirt's coming off. It didn't, um, but it easily, it easily could have. Uh, I mean, that slow Llama was incredible. And I think, um, you know, regardless of me reconciling turbulence, I was like, damn, this is really why we're all here. And this is so, so cool. Like I've, you know, I, I think I had to just kind of zoom out for a second and realize actually what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was great. Um, you know, and then I think the first tube, um, also guitar mini abound, um, and it was really, really dope to see Trevor have that shining moment without sunglasses on. Um, he, was and... no, he was wearing sunglasses. I don't think so. But uh, you I were closer than I was. Her. So, yeah. Am I crackling here? It's crackling. Oh, there it we might, go. Might be you, Greg, but it's okay. It was Neil. I'm back. There we go. Maybe it was Neil. Um, yeah. So, I, sunglasses aside, I think the first one was great. <laughs> It was so good. The the slow llama. I mean, with with Rick Rick soloing there. I mean, clearly they were just having fun, and it's funny to see like Peter and Ray and and Jeff is on with Zero. I mean, everyone yeah. was just the, the stage was packed, but it sounded cool. I mean, Trey's used to with Tab, you know, having a lot of people on stage, but this was a this was this was quite a crowd. Yeah, and, and llama that that like envelope filter bass intro from Desron was so cool. I love that. Um, but yeah, in during Llama, you know, I, I was like, where's Trevor? Like, is he just side stage? Just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I loved seeing him get up there with Desron, uh, you know, and lead off first tube. That was really cool. I loved uh, one section, you know, Peter threw in like a little fill on uh, Ray's Worley uh, during first tour, first tour, first tube, which was really awesome. It was and, first tour, though. I don't know. Um, I would also like to uh, point out a little bit of, of stats here. Um, the last time members of Goose played First Tube, at least uh, from what is recorded on lgoose.net, um, was November 23rd, 2016, which is a gap of 456 shows. So a little bit of geekery for you all there. Where was that two, uh, 2016 show? O'Neill's. Oh, Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. We could do a whole episode. We could do a whole episode on that show, uh, uh, or just that locale. Um, but yeah, I think one of those things, though, really is 
um, and Bruce and I were talking about this. First tube was in the rotation early on. It was in the rota- rotation <laughs> for for Vasudo as well. Uh, and so to to just see these guys playing these songs that were so formative for them, um, it's just mind blowing. So you know, we'll try arrange Yem for <laughs> tap. Uh, we'll have to find out. We're gonna find out. Um, and Bru- I appreciate Bruce. Bruce. Play, yeah. I appreciate Bruce constantly commenting, um, but Bruce, you you do need to show up and talk at some point this tour. So <laughs> it's again, this it's is a contract. contractual contractual <laughs> obligation. Um, what do you guys? This is a good question from Andrew who's watching on YouTube. Um, what? How was the vibe in the crowd? Did it feel like a mixing of of parties, or was it just a bunch of people hanging out? I and mean, what, what was it like from everyone's perspective? People were really really excited. You know, I think definitely we talked about you know tab following goose maybe a little bit of a of a lull in terms of you know what's going on on stage like you know you go from that all i need pancakes to then you know an hour or so of just amazing tab stuff which it felt like you know some of the crowd maybe was a little bit less engaged for that but you know once once they got on stage you know wolfman's i feel like started out a little bit rocky but as they got that jam going it was just the energy built and you know as as the jam peaked it was just everyone was like yeah and then for the whole encore, the crowd just felt like so dialed in, so excited about what was going on. It was incredible. Yeah, I like how that. I mean, it seemed to me in both sets that it started pretty slow and, and crowd involvement was pretty kind of mellow. And then as each set went on, it got more and more kind of amped up. But that second, the, the tab set definitely had an arc to it where mm-hmm. it really ramped up fast towards the end there. That's awesome. And maybe maybe a, um, there's a comment from Brian. Chomper level was very low. Sound was great. I, that, I feel like that might those things might increase over time as we get further away from Portland, Maine. You know, once you get down to like Mohegan and, and Fairfax and, you know, you might you might have more people talking, but hopefully not. I do think going to, if you're going to this show, I guess there are people who are going just to check it out and see what it's like. But I think you have to to really like want to see both of these bands to, to go to the shows. But um you know, we'll see what happens. What do you guys, what do you guys want to see in terms of collaboration on either side? Or like, I'm sure we all have lots of things we'd like to see, but what what comes to mind first, uh, Neil? What you start? Uh, I, I don't know. There's a few things that I'm looking forward to that I'm hoping happens. I think there's some speculation out there that a ghost may be played, um, and that would be cool if that happens with Goose. I'd be really yes. excited about that. Um, no, Trey doing Wisteria might be pretty amazing. <laughs> um, so if that happens on this tour, I'll be more than happy. But uh, those are the two things I think I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Brian, Brian, what about you? So, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see the horns come out during Goose's set. Um, I have, I, I just feel like that's got to happen at some point. Um, so a lot, a lot of choices uh, for, for that particular uh, sit-in. Uh, I was, so, you know, Greg, you mentioned Jive One earlier. I was, Jive One's one of my, one of my hopes for having the horns come out and play with. I think that, I think that would be super sick, especially the jazzy parts. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be really awesome. And then uh, we were talking about this earlier um, during that kind of encore, that tab encore where both, all of both bands are on stage. Maybe a goose song gets played at some point during, during that, uh, you know, that, that would be really cool. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, look, the the awesome sit-ins are going to happen now. It's just like, oh, what, you know, what songs are we going to get? And, uh, it's going to be amazing either way, no matter what they choose. Ryan, do you have thoughts on the, on specifics? Yeah, I I did just kind of give that away. Um, but I, I do want to see, uh, definitely Brian, like I want to see in that tab encore slot, like they all play a goose song and I would love to see Trey play uh, a fish song with goose. Like I think. Neil, you mentioned Ghost. Ghost would be incredible. Trey with Goose. I feel like they would kill that song. Um, you know, Clav. Um, you know, I, I think also Jive 2 um, with one or all of the horns would be great. You know, we have the experience of hearing that when they did it with Grippo, which was phenomenal. And I would love to see if they get like James out there for like a long jam as well. Like, you know, with Grippo, they had that Creatures. They had that... Uh, opening flea where they got into that extended jam territory with the sax and i would love to see that happen again uh fifth of beethoven with grippo was phenomenal um you know so 
would be cool. Um, and then with Tab, uh, I would love to see Animal with everybody as like a, a show closer. I think that would be awesome. Nice. Greg, do you have anything to add? Dark Horse with Zero. Oh, nice. um, On flippers. You know, <laughs> I also think, uh, yeah, I think a, definitely a Dark Horse with percussion because Goose had percussion, you know, in and out over the years, and it really always augmented um, Dark Horse. And I what think, is Jeff to you? I, well, no, I think, I think Jeff mentioned it yesterday that he really – really had a blast playing with zero so i think that they're going to be super locked in um and they've they've actually had very similar training um to get where they are and so i think they they have like this mutual admiration society um i think a classic hot tea with tab horns in the similar style of radio city would make a whole lot of sense uh and then i think both bands combining for 2001 all right <laughs> All right. Yeah, we we're got to hear some of like the the horns like they were arranged on the album, right? That's going to it seems yeah. like that would happen at some point. But these are this all sounds great. I'm just excited to watch and listen to another show in, you know, a matter of hours or days, whatever. It's, it, it'll be soon. Um but most importantly, the collaboration that everyone's been waiting for, like I said at the beginning, which is the combination of our three shows has happened. So, you know, Tab and Goose is cool, but you know, this is this got is got nothing on this. Not nothing on this. Um, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We had an awesome crowd. Thanks for contributing all the comments. We'll be back again. I guess that's going to be Saturday. Saturday. 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Let's talk about the Friday night show. And um, hopefully oh, yeah. we'll get this crew and maybe some others in here, too, to, to talk with us. So, um, And we'll be releasing all these shows uh, via audio through the through all the shows. So All of them tell yeah every every podcast so <laughs> they're gonna, friends there are, there are like 18 different ways to watch and or listen to this at least at <laughs> least we're trying we're trying to cover all our bases um all right greg neil brian ryan thank you guys thanks everybody for listening and watching we'll see you guys soon see you saturday later y'all peace hi this is henry k host of the number one music history podcast rootsland come with me on a journey to kingston jamaica where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.